So much of who we are gets wrapped up in whether or not we're successful. And that success is often defined by title and money. So what if you could shift your mindset to open yourself up to a world of mental wellness and success? The climb to the top feels so good when you get there. Is it just us or can it feel lonely sometimes, even when you're successful? And who defines success anyway? What about life's twists and turns? We've learned a few things along the way, and we're ditching the culture of competitiveness. Bringing together women from different backgrounds to share their stories. Let's do this together. Welcome to Think Tank of Three podcast. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Julie Holton here with Audrea Fink and Rishia Candidate-Caposaurus. We are your Think Tank of Three. And today, don't cringe, we are talking about mental wealth. I love that phrase from Joyce Martyr, working on our mental health to improve our financial health. And I promise you, this is going to be a good one. Women especially don't like talking about money, income, investment, savings, Study after study shows that these are conversations we simply do not enjoy. Our guest today says, forget the stigma that it's unladylike or too personal. You deserve financial freedom, and it starts with your mindset. Joyce Smarter has decades of experience as a psychotherapist, and you heard from her before on The Think Tank in episode 19. She shared with us how she grew her therapy practice into a major company designed to help other professionals grow their own careers, balanced with family time. It was so successful, she later sold her company for a million. Everyone needs Joyce in their life. I've had the honor of working closely with her for a few years. She speaks all over the country, contributes to publications all over the world. And now, I feel like just for us, but really it's for the whole world. Now she has just (laughs) released her first book. The Financial Mindset Fix is a, a guidebook of sorts to improve your mental health so that you can unlock the door to prosperity. I have the book right here in my hands. I'm sending Risha and Audrea a copy because it's Yay! incredible. So Joyce, all of this aside, welcome back to the show. We are so excited to talk with you today. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. I'm overwhelmed by the kind introduction. I have the warm fuzzies and I feel so supported. Thank you for having me back. Oh my gosh. Thank you for coming back. I know this week especially has been a whirlwind as we record this episode. You have literally just days ago launched your book. So it must just be a lot for you right now to take all of this in. Let's back up. Let's rewind. Joyce, why did you write this book? I wrote this book because after practicing for more than 20 years as a psychotherapist, I saw universal truths that lead to holistic success. I love that you said we need to redefine our definition of success to include mental wellness, physical wellness, connected relationships, work-life balance, and financial prosperity. And I wanted to share that with others. I started giving a talk called The Psychology of Success, and it became very popular as a national keynote for therapist organizations, for Fortune 500 companies. And that's really the thesis of the book. And something I became really interested in as a therapist and as an entrepreneur is how our psychology of money shapes our financial reality. I'm really excited to read it because I am one of those people who hates dealing with money. Now, part of that is because I don't math well, but part of it is just that it just seems so overwhelming. You had talked about the the psychology of success and, and how that is so tied into the money side of it. 
please expand on that. (laughs) So something that I noticed in my practice is as my clients made progress in therapy, whether we were talking about depression, anxiety, relationship issues, they started to earn more money. They started to get raises and promotions and starting their own businesses. And I was like, why is this happening? And I realized it's because we were always working on their underlying self-esteem and self-worth. And my favorite thing is that therapist is mirroring back to people all that is amazing and beautiful about them and their unique gifts and talents in the world and empowering them to shine their light brightly and think big and stop setting their own ceilings with self-limiting beliefs. And I think especially as women, I think all of us, men and women, struggle with self-esteem issues in a variety of different ways, and we self-sabotage. And I experienced tremendous financial anxiety. I'll let you all in on a clue that therapists, we always specialize in our own issues. (laughs) So I have had tremendous financial anxiety. At one point in my business, I thought I would have to file bankruptcy. I was in cash flow hell. I was not sleeping at night, having panic attacks. And I used strategies I learned in my clinical practice to get me through it. And that's how I was able to turn my company around and sell it successfully later for more money than I thought I'd make in a lifetime. And I want to share that with others. I I can't wait to get the message out to more people. Joyce, I remember you talking about that in episode 19, because you were kind of taking us through your career path and how you, you know, where you were when you started, which was basically negative dollars in the bank, like most college students are with by the time they graduate, you know, all the way through. And it speaks volumes that you're able to share even your own life lessons in these really tangible ways for other people to, to really start to, to dive in and look at their own finances finances and their own mental health surrounding finances. You know, right before we jumped on and, and hit record, Rish and Audrey and I were talking just finances and, you know, little, little things here and there, because, you know, you bring up money. And then of course we all just start needing our a therapy session. About it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I think it's very clear to our audience. You get what you get with us. We're, we're not here to put on a show, but also at the same time, we're not necessarily airing our dirty laundry. And so mm. it's like, we get on here and, and, And so often it's easy to talk about how, oh, you just need to change your mindset about money, or you just need to do, you know, this and that, like it it sounds easy in theory, but what you've done is you've actually created this whole book of step-by-step, here's what you do. Yes. I believe we all struggle with money in different ways. And as a mental health practitioner, I think we all have mental health issues, you know, at different points in our lives, we deal with stress, anxiety, depression, relationship issues, grief, and loss. We're impacted by substance abuse, whether within ourselves or our families or our friends. And so I want to remove the shame and stigma. And so I share my own story. One of my heroes is Brene Brown, and she talks about vulnerability and authenticity. And so I share my story with a lot of authenticity and vulnerability in hopes that it's really normalizing for people. I'm not a therapist talking down to people. I'm sharing my life as a woman, as a person, as a business owner, as a human being, then also sharing what I've learned through my now 25 years of clinical practice. And I hired a researcher. And the best thing for me was that 
these 12 mindsets that I identified, the research shows that they lead to improved mental health and improved financial health. So it's empirically supported. And I chose fun exercises that are proven from psychology to engage the readers. So that you have to do the work and yeah. I call it a met- mental fitness program. It's just like, you can't just watch your personal trainer work out. You actually have to do the exercises. Oh, that's my problem. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but why? I really want to just watch my personal trainer while I eat like popcorn. And you want no it wine. to happen through osmosis. <laughs> Right. Or I want popcorn and wine to be a workout. <laughs> Absolutely. And now I'm, I'm looking forward now to, to the book when Julie sends it to me. So this sounds like it very much is what she was saying. Almost a, a, a workbook, your, your 12 step program. Is that how this reader is, as we take this journey down this road with this book, how this, how should the reader a- approach how they're reading this book? Because I know that sometimes you get into ser- some books, you know, getting through the introduction. Yes. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. And I think there's these 12 mindsets and some of, we all have our strengths and we all have our challenges. So some of the mindsets, you might be like, I've got this, I'm, I'm good in this area, but there may be others that you recognize are areas of needed development. And so the book, each chapter is laid out. It starts with a personal story of my own. Then it starts with some psychoeducation about why this, what this mindset is, and then client examples that are really inspiring. And some are humorous and motivating. I tell embarrassing stories of my own journey. And then the exercises help you really open your eyes. Julie mentioned the book's only been out six days, but there's, there's already 17 Amazon reviews and people are saying that the exercises are really eye-opening and that the book is chock full of recommendations. So I really feel like there's something for everyone and you can work it in different ways. You, You could take a year to work this program. You could do a chapter a month. You could do a chapter a week. You could, um, I have a digital workbook that's available online that you can download and you can do the exercises from there. The book is on Audible. So if people do better, I like listening to books in the car. It's a time saver for me. And I laughed and I cried during the podcast and the the publisher kept that in uh, because we wanted it to be real. And uh, I hope that people enjoy it. I want to share a couple of the, I have the book open and I want to share a couple of these quotes in the very beginning, some of these recommendations, because these are just, they they speak more than I'm about to. (laughs) So, you know, so we have Bella Gandhi, who you, you, a name you will recognize the founder of Smart Dating Academy. um, And she says, Joyce Martyr normalizes mental health challenges with humorous stories that are so relatable. I think that's so important, right? Because I think oftentimes why women shy, and this is me talking now, not Bella Gandhi, but oftentimes as women, we shy away from talking about these things or even like tackling an issue or a problem we have because maybe we don't know how to solve it. So we just avoid it. But to actually read a book where the author is is saying, hey, this is normal. It is normal for you to feel this way. It's normal for you to react this way. Guess what? I've been there too. That's exactly what Joyce does in this book. One other quick quote. This one's from Seth Godin, a name you will recognize. Money is a story, one that is too often used against us. When you're ready to engage mm. with intention, this book can help rewrite your story. 
think that word intention is so You know, one of the things I really appreciate about how you wrote it was this marriage of education, storytelling, and activity. I'm kind of obsessed with self-help books, and I usually only make it past halfway, so I should stop buying them. Maybe that's my financial mindset 101. I love them. I don't know. I like having resources. But so many of the ones that I never get through, they aren't practical. They give you the information. Maybe they tell a couple stories, but it's not, at the end of the day, you're not like, okay, and here's an action I can take, or here's activities I can practice. And the fact of the matter is there's no one message you're going to hear that's going to like fix everything, right? You've got to practice. You've got to work on it. Mental health is essentially just as much of a repeat activity as exercises for your physical health. And so I love that you made that part of your book because I think that element makes it more helpful than any of the other books I've read that didn't have that component. Thank you so much. I I really appreciate that. And I was really happy to hear when my husband read the book, he's, he has a, a history in education and he said, your exercises are varied so that they meet the different learning styles. Like yeah, some exercises, some people might prefer more than others, but I think there's something for everyone. And some of my favorite, I have a mock therapy session in each chapter where I ask the reader to imagine they're coming in my office and that I'm asking them the following questions and I want them to journal their responses. The quote about Seth Godin the money story in psychology, there's an approach called narrative therapy. And the concept is that we're not only the protagonist of our life story, but we can become the author. And so many of us have grown up with messages from our families of origin about the meaning of money and our relationship to money. And if our families have gone through financial trauma, like my father grew lived through the Great Depression, and he had tremendous financial anxiety, and I definitely inherited that. Or for people who've experienced financial trauma because of racism, or marginalization, or discrimination, um, or if they've been through a bankruptcy, or a short sale, or foreclosure, or job loss, unemployment, those are financial traumas, and they impact our narrative. And sometimes we have belief systems that like people with money are bad or, or they're selfish or greedy. And, and my book is, is not at all about that. It is about when we have more, we can help more. We can be philanthropists. We can give to charities. We can employ people and lift others up. And so we have to rewrite and cognitive behavioral therapy is it asserts that our thoughts precede our emotions and our relationships. So if we're saying like, I'm broke, you're actually making that a self-fulfilling prophecy mm-hmm. and you have to start shifting your thinking. My own therapist said to me, Joyce, what does money mean to you? And what do you think of when I say money? And I said, oh, stress. And she said, well, no wonder you make it go away. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What a good point. <laughs> So I had yeah. to shift my beliefs and say it's a resource to take care of myself and my loved ones. And I'm deserving of that resource. Joyce, one thing I really love too, that I just want to point out to our audience is that 
I think sometimes people, you know, have this goal of writing a book and they sit down and they get their thoughts on paper and, and, and it may be a great book, but it hasn't been practiced yet. And what mm-hmm. you did was this really comes from 20 years of clinical ther- you know, being a therapist and giving presentations on these topics that you then took these presentations and your writings and you refined them and crafted them and recrafted them and recrafted them again. But it comes from, you know, teachings you've already done and you've already seen the results for those. Wouldn't you say, what, what are some of those? Um, well, and there's, and she hired a researcher, right? So we know that this has been tracked. This isn't just life according to Joyce. Not that that's not a very trustworthy book. I would read that. And I think that research element really gives it like extra credentials. Yeah. It's like you've already seen the success from the book in ways because you've seen others already living this out. So what are some of the successes that you've seen from your patients or from attendees of your speaking engagements? I mean, I I love the feedback from speaking engagements. I mean, to see people's light bulbs go off and them being inspired and motivated. And the feedback that I've gotten has been so rewarding and meaningful. And even um, my husband teaches therapists in training and he had a former student that heard me speak six years ago and she messaged him on Facebook. I want you to thank your wife because because of her, I opened my own agency and I would have never thought that that was possible. And I receive messages like that a lot. And what is, I think one of the coolest things is that the researcher and the editor who worked with me most closely on the book said that it powerfully changed their life. (laughs) And so that they learned so much from working on the material and uh, both of them, one of them left a job he hated to start his own business, the researcher, and the other um, is continuing to grow her business and thriving and prospering and said she really shifted her thoughts about money and, and it's helped tremendously. Now, those are the best reviews. I mean, that's incredible that the people working on the book with you, their lives were transformed because of this. I, I knew that from the mm-hmm. very beginning when we were when we were talking about this. It's just such a transformational message, such a great book that you've put together. Just very quickly want to go back on something that you were saying with regards to thoughts, because right when you said it, I immediately was like, there's a quote, there's a quote, there's a quote that I remember that I just, I adore. I found it. I have to say it. It's watch your thoughts for they become your words. Watch your words for they become your actions. Watch your actions for they become your habits. Watch your habits for they become character. Watch your character for it becomes your destiny. Because I think a lot of people, it, it, it does start with that thought process. And like mm-hmm. you said, like your friend had told you, no wonder your money goes away. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, my mom and, and my father, they, they weren't the greatest when it came to dealing with money. They also didn't have a history of how to deal with money growing up in the South, black people born in the forties and walking through that whole part of life, but yet they found a way to teach me some things that I'm like, did you hear your advice to me? Cause it works. Did you practice it? <laughs> <laughs> but they gave me some good advice on how to, how to walk through some certain things. You were talking about how you had some anxieties from your own, what your father had gone through. I struggled with right now. I am not 
bringing in income into the home. And that is weighing on me. And I have a husband who's like, please stop with that because he breaks down. But this is what we're doing. And this is what you are saving us by doing A, B, C, and D. But I struggle with that because I'm just like, yeah, but I need to be contributing financially because I need to make sure we're putting enough in that savings account because I don't know what's going to happen next week. But that anxiety is not going to help moving forward more than anything. It kind of keeps you in this frozen state of fear which is not helping the situation at all. Sorry about the ramp, but I just. (laughs) No, Risha, I think you brought up a lot of really important points, you know, that we learn from our parents' strengths and weaknesses. And, you know, that's amazing that your parents promoted your financial literacy. And I think like Audrey asked that, I think as women, I mean, we're, we're told that we're not good at math. Girls aren't good at math. We're, I can't tell you the number of pe- couples that I've counseled where there's real imbalance in the relationship where um, one partner is financially literate and the other one is not, or one is the primary breadwinner and the other it has made sacrifices to take care of the family, but it impacts power and control. So in your partnership, Risha, I mean, it sounds like you, you very much care about the financial wellness of your family and you're working as a team. And some, some of us work outside of the home, some of us work within the home, but you're still part of the financial reality of the household. And, and we need to communicate with our partners about budgets and saving and spending and financial planning. And there needs to be financial transparency financial infidelity is something I see a lot in my practice where people have certain, you know, assets or secret credit cards that they are not sharing with their partner. Mm-hmm. And, and so these are issues that all need to be kind of addressed in relationships. And I hope my book gives people some tools to do that. Give us a little sneak peek inside the books for readers who haven't read it yet. What's like one key message or key practice that is, you know, part of the core of this program? What is the thing, the big umbrella thing that you really push? So Susie Orman, the financial author, Mm. says that she noticed that self-worth leads to net worth. So my key message is about helping people embrace their self-worth to silence their inner critic, stop setting their own ceilings with self-limiting beliefs, to cultivate abundant thinking that, you know, if you had a magic wand, what would you like your life to look like? And to dream big, access support so that you can make that dream come to fruition by having support, having accountability, having a vision. Julie mentioned my process with the book. My book was rejected for 10 years. And my, my last chapter is on resilience and perseverance that you get up and you try again. And, and so it's about, you know, encouraging people that I believe in divine timing, you know, things happen when they need to. We were just talking about that before this call that you take that next step when you're ready and the universe presents you with the opportunity when you're ready, but you can't force forward movement if you're not ready. Yeah, I hadn't learned but, what needed to be in the book 10 years ago. I have an off the topic question for you, but it comes down to this idea of self-esteem and self-worth. I heard on a different podcast that 
the idea of self-esteem and thinking you are enough and worthy is a very Western mindset. The conversation with the Dalai Lama came to America to give a talk. And one of the things he was asked to talk about was self-esteem. And he didn't even have that translation for that word into his own language. And he had to have several people kind of describe it in different ways. And then he pulled the audience. Do you have this issue? Do you have this issue? Do you have this issue? And everyone was like, yeah, self-esteem is an issue here. We don't even think that way. Yes. Do you see there being major cultural differences with self-esteem from sort of the westernized world and other countries? And do you see that breakdown in maybe different spaces of the country or different groups of people? Definitely. I think for all of us, our, our cultural and religious teachings um, maybe have impacted our, our perspective about that. I have a chapter called Essence. And in that chapter, I kind of marry the more Eastern philosophies about self-worth, which I studied yoga. I have a certification in, in yoga and I love mindfulness practices like deep breathing and meditation and progressive muscle relaxation and cultivating presence, which is another chapter in my book. And I believe that we are mind, body, and spirit. And our mind is our ego, the mask that we wear to the world around us. And healthy self-esteem is an aspect of ego, but our true worth is spirit. That's soul. It's our authentic self. It's the deeper being within. So in my book, I, I explain it a little differently than I, I've heard it explained before that I, I believe we need to have practices that, where we tap into that spiritual deeper self. And then in the reality of life, as we're moving about our careers and our relationships, we need to foster healthy self-esteem that is I always say midway between diva and doormat. So the diva is not respectful of other people's boundaries and is entitled. The doormat is not respectful of his or her own. And healthy self-esteem is when we value ourselves and we value others and we collaborate in a way that's assertive and, and productive. And so I give people practical tools how to, how to have both that, the Dalai Lama concept of inner worth and healthy self-esteem in the more Western sense of it to function personally and professionally. Joyce, on the personal side, you mentioned Brene Brown earlier. After 10 years of rejection, I, I think it's really cool to say that your book was actually accepted by the same publishing company that publishes Brene Brown's books. Fun! Yes. And, and this this also, I know, was a dream come true for you. Like the blood, sweat, and tears kind of dream that you spent years working on. Basic question, but how does it feel to, to have your dream come true on the personal side of things? You know, it feels surreal, but it also feels really validating. Like mm. I, I had to hold on to that belief. I used to actually walk around my house pretending it's a, a technique in Adlerian psychology that's called to act as if. And after I receive a rejection, I'd walk around my house and I'd say, I am an international best-selling author like Brené Brown. And my best friend who's a therapist accused me of psychotic optimism. But <laughs> with the idea is you have to like, 
expand your thinking that that's within the realm of your possibilities. And I had plenty of people tell me, Hey, just make this an ebook, sell it for $3. You know, maybe you'll get some clients out of it. And I had to hold my worth and say, you know what? I think this is something bigger and I'm going to wait until that presents itself. And, you know, kind of like dating, you, <laughs> you want to have confidence. So you attract the, the right person. Um, and so to have it come to fruition is surreal, somewhat scary, but I think I'm sort of falling into like, this is what I've been cultivating for years. And now I feel like I'm supported in doing this work that I really feel is my soul's purpose. It's about knowing your worth. And yes, I can only imagine that feeling of, you know, when I hear the story, the fact that this was rejected 10 years ago, but then you said it yourself, it wasn't ready. It wasn't no. ready 10 years ago. I didn't have the answers 10 years ago that you, that I have now that you have now. And I think yes. that, that, that in and of itself right there, that's the nugget. That's the truth. It's like, well, what has happened in those 10 years that the things that I didn't see 10 years ago, they're big and bright and bold today. And I, I think that that is phenomenal. I, I would love it if you could, um, I don't know, dig in there and find a little advice for, uh, for women who feel that their own dream, their own dream, maybe a little, a little too big to achieve who are being accused of psychotic optimism. <laughs> it's, it's never, your dream is never too big. I love when people dream big. Um, and I believe in self-fulfilling prophecy. And so I, I always advise clients to make vision boards. There was, gosh, there was something I was just thinking that I wish I could remember um, about that. But I, I, I think that the, nothing is too big. Oh, I know what it was. I, I always say that being underestimated is my superpower. Yes. So I've had plenty, and I think obviously sexism is still a thing and, and, Mm -hmm. and we, as women sometimes are devalued and not seen for all we are. And so I have learned how to detach from that in some ways, and then just continue to forge ahead. And in some ways it makes me mad (laughs) and that, that, that anger gives me energy. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll show you. Yes, underestimate Joyce. I dare you. you I love that. I'm pulling an Audrea. Audrea writes a little, like she immediately starts following people while she's talking to them and stuff. I'm writing down the, and I'm going to make it into underestimating me is my superpower. (laughs) I also have an electronic sticky note up so that when someone says something, I can write it down before I forget it because I have goldfish memory. Well, in our last podcast, Audrey, I was following before, like, we were waiting on her to talk next because she was following. So now would be a good time to say, follow Joyce on social media. You will not be, absolutely. you will get these tidbits, these, whether it's inspirational quotes, whether it's pieces from the book, definitely follow Joyce Martyr on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you name it, find her and follow her. I'm lucky. Because you were a previous guest, so I already follow you, follow you on all the spaces. <laughs> um, but for those who don't follow you, why don't you tell us sort of like where the best place to go is to get more information about you 
Yeah, my website is joysmarter.com. So it's J-O-Y-C-E-M-A-R-T-E-R.com. And the book is found at financialmindsetfix.com. It's available on Amazon. It's at Barnes and Noble, Walmart, Target, Indie Books, all the major real retailers. And like I said, it's available in Audible book, um, Kindle, and it is coming out in Spanish and Korean. It's going to be published oh, cool. in and distributed throughout Latin America and in Korea. And we're hoping for some other global deals. That's incredible. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. You really are an international bestseller now. <laughs> it's humbling. I tell you though, these first book sales that my publisher was like, Oh, you Joyce, your numbers look really healthy. We're really happy. And I was like, yay. And then the next day she emailed me and she was like, Oh, there was a glitch in Amazon system. And the numbers are less than half. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, hopefully after this podcast, they skyrocket. Right this book sounds amazing. <laughs> Thank so what's you. next for you, Joyce? Like, what's the next step? Can we invite you to our book club? Like, I would do- love that. I would love that. That would be fantastic. I would love to do that. I'm going to be doing some mini e-courses with my publisher, it sounds like. So that's another project. My agent's already talking about book number two. I, I'm doing a ton of keynote speaking. I'm keynoting for Mental Health America in a couple of weeks and traveling across the country doing a lot of uh, corporate webinars and global webinars. And I started blogging for psychology today, which has been fun. I have my blogs called mental wealth. If anyone would like to follow that, I share uh, mental health, financial health information. And I don't know. I mean, I just, I want to live my best life and try to hang on to some work-life balance and help as many people as I can having fun in the process. See how that all flows together. The book comes out and all of the, all it's like a waterfall, just a cascade of greatness coming from the work that you've put in. That is fantastic. And you know what? We also, we also got to give a shout out to our own Jules, who's a little bit connected to this book as well. And her team at M Connections, Julie, tell us about your involvement. This is fantastic. We were just so, I mean, truly incredibly lucky to work with Joyce in a small capacity on this. Um, Not small at all. You were my (laughs) therapist throughout. (laughs) Know your worth, Julie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I, I will give a shout out to Alexis Newman. She is on my team at M Connections. She's, she had the incredible opportunity of doing the graphic design work. So all of these, um, these wheels, all of these images, these illustrations throughout the book that Joyce has talked about, like the real tangibles that help you walk through taking what Joyce has written and then putting it into action. Alexis worked with Joyce and her team on, you know, coming up with the best way to illustrate this. And I can tell you, this was my first opportunity working on, on a book like this and definitely on the graphic design perspective, you know, I've done editing and other things, but um, it's a process to go through it and really to make sure that it's going to aid the understanding of the greatness that's been written in the words to really help pull it all together. So shout out to Alexis, because I mean, I'm completely biased because I love both Joyce and Alexis. The book is amazing. The illustrations are amazing, but she really is talented. Oh my See gosh. how that goes. It's, it's, it's the, it's, it's, it's like a child. Like, so, you know, I've got my kids and everything and we all, and the, what's the saying? It takes a village. Well, guess what? It takes a village to get the book out too. 
<laughs> that's you know what that's in I have a chapter on support and it it says it takes a village to be a successful adult and Julie is mentioned in my compassion chapter because to me Julie is a um, compassionate conscious business leader and helps people who are doing good in the world she helped me so much with my branding and social media and e-blasts and aspects of my website that helped me attract a publisher. And then Julie, the way that you worked with the wheels and you and Alexis, I mean, Alexis did beautiful artwork on it, but you, you just are a visionary and you can kind of hear what a, a client like myself is wanting to do. And you can be that bridge to make it come to fruition. And those wheels are so special to me and um that that you all made them so beautiful and and I think really helped even with some of the content giving some feedback on what was making sense to you and what didn't quite fit so it definitely takes a village to to do anything I think and I'm, I'm so grateful for Julie and and connections and Alexis I'm glad I didn't put makeup on because I wasn't like planning <laughs> on crying in this episode <laughs> Joyce, truly. I mean, it was my honor. I feel like I've been talking about this book since, you know, it was still a dream of yours and it was just coming through. I remember getting the phone call from you when you, you know, when you got got it accepted with the publishing company and it's just been incredible. I'm so grateful to have been on this journey. Um, and I'm so excited too, because I have been able to read it and I know that this book is going to change lives as one of the, as one of the reviews said, if you pick up this book with the intention to change your life, you will change your life. So Joyce, thank mm-hmm. you for sharing this with us and thanks for joining us on the podcast. Oh it's my gosh, again. Oh, it's lovely being with you all. And I appreciate all your love and support and any way I can be of service to you or a book club or anything, please let me know. I don't have a book club, but I'm going to make one. I know. Let's make one right now and start (laughs) it with Joyce's book. Think think of three book club. Joyce for joining us. We're going to put all the links so that you have easy access um, to to buy the book from Joyce. And um, thanks again, Joyce, for joining us. Thank you so much, Joyce. My pleasure. Thank you. And that is all for this episode of Think Tank of Three. If you have topics you'd like us to cover or guests you'd like to hear from, send us a message at thinktankofthree at gmail.com. Subscribe to the Think Tank of Three wherever you listen to podcasts and connect with us online. We blog weekly at thinktankofthree.com. Follow us on social media. You can find us individually on LinkedIn and as Think Tank of Three on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Women, click to join our private group on Facebook where we can all share advice and articles. And if you liked what you heard in the podcast, share it. You can find Think Tank of Three on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Amazon Music, and SoundCloud.